0: San Diego First Church, so good to be with you again. Today, we are looking at John chapter 9, starting verse 1, going through all the chapter to verse 41. Now, if you're following along in our Living Lectionary uh, Devotional Companion series, uh, you will notice the typo that it says John chapter 4 that is incorrect we are in john chapter 9 the whole chapter and we're not going to uh, go through the entire chapter um i'll let d uh hi d hi matt (laughs) i didn't want to go too far explaining this without introducing you in (laughs) you you said it as if i just showed up (laughs) you just walked through the door um Uh, we'll have Dee give a little bit of the summary of kind of what happens before the text we're going to read, but we're going to concentrate our reading, uh, in this first impressions podcast on John chapter nine, starting in verse 13 and going to verse 18 and then picking back up again in verse 35 through 40. And if you weren't able to get that, no worries. I'm going to read that section of scripture for you. Um, This is John chapter 9, starting in verse 13. And they brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now, it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. And then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, He put mud on my eyes, then I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. And so they said again to the blind man, Who do you say? What do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened. And he said, He is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight. We're now going to go to verse 35. Jesus heard that they had, been, had driven him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? And he answered, And who is he, sir? Tell me, so that I may believe in him. And Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. And Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, so that those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. And some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, Surely we are not blind, are we? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, um we've taken these two, these two uh, scripture texts out of the whole of the chapter. Uh, would you mind giving us a little bit of the background of kind of what has happened previously to this inter- interaction between Pharisees and a man who had formerly been blind?
1: Sure. Um, it begins with uh, a really wonderful question by the disciples um, to Jesus, where they asked Jesus about who was responsible for this person having been um, unable to see from birth. And the question was very specific. Mm -hmm. Had this man sinned, or was it his parents who sinned? As if those were the only two possible choices. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's uh, kind of poignant Um, As the writer John puts together these stories of Jesus in a particular order, how we come into this and um, John, the author of this, seemingly begins to identify or unpack the distinction between the letter of the law Mm -hmm. and the um, one who fulfills all of the law and becomes for us our source of freedom and grace and so that's how this passage begins, and then there's this series of um, interrogations that seem to happen,
0: Yeah.
1: where the prime character of John's gospel is absent at several of those scenes, at mm-hmm. least physically, Yeah. because there's the interrogation uh, by the Pharisees of the man who has uh, received sight, then there's an interrogation of the Pharisees of the parents of this man... Um, And then it begins to shift into this dialogue uh, where we landed in the reading where Jesus has interaction with the Pharisees. Almost feels like for this particular story, either the Pharisees or the law are the central character in some ways. Um, But then they are pretty powerfully moved off of center stage, if this were a play, Mm -hmm. And replaced um, by the way the story unfolds. So um, some of the things that jump off the page to me is the way in which the Pharisees, who I want to clarify, they certainly when I was growing up, I always thought they were the villain of every story. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Like those Pharisees. Pharisees. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But they were really just... Simply religious leaders. Mm-hmm. And um, I have no doubt that in their upbringing and their studies, there was a respect for this as a vocation and a calling and a fulfilling of what God had called God's people to do. And the Pharisees were intended to be part of bringing to pass the fulfillment of the law among the community of people of God. Mm-hmm. But we do have again and again these challenges that seemingly pit Jesus against the religious hierarchy. Mm-hmm. So then it's fair to ask what is there about what's being done that is being challenged? And what's the purpose of that challenge? One of those things is that the Pharisees seem so fixated on the law mm-hmm. that they miss the power of what's happened in a person's life. Mm-hmm. So I I look more toward the consequences of issues than I do at a person's soul and what's happened in their life. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm more concerned with the debate over ethics or theology Mm -hmm. than I am about joy and grace and hope. And it's incredibly convicting because having um, g- grown through a long series of taking class after class after class after class mm-hmm. after class after, <laughs> class after class after <laughs> class, after class um, and being taught scientific method and being taught um, discourse and rhetoric and the way in which we present arguments and how to write essays and present your case, it feels like vocationally the life is about sitting in a academic courtroom Hmm. and trying to come to a conclusion about right interpretation, right understanding, Mm -hmm. and by saying right, assuming that everything else is wrong. And so we have the Pharisees who are picking apart the ethics of healing on the Sabbath mm-hmm. and having never celebrated with this man what it meant to be healed, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. It's not the person who has received sight that's missed out on anything. He seems to have completely changed some of the trajectory of his journey mm-hmm. But the Pharisees seem to be the ones who are missing mm-hmm. um, the joy of life and the relational ecstasy mm-hmm. of um, experiencing together in community what God is at work doing. Yeah. It comes back and it hits hard again when the Pharisees at the very end of this story, and I loved the little emphasis <laughs> that you gave. You, We're not blind.
0: <laughs> are we? Are we? Yeah. Well, what?
1: Yeah. <laughs> So that's kind of the first impression for me in this trajectory of Jesus proclaiming I am the Messiah um, in our last week's reading to now, what does that mean? What are the implications of Jesus being the Messiah? Mm -hmm. And certainly the Pharisees will continue to have a very difficult time wrapping their minds around Mm -hmm. the possibility of. That this teacher from Galilee <laughs> is the one. Yeah. How about you? What jumps off the page to you?
0: Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a lot that does. I think. Um, and as you were, you were talking through kind of your impressions, the the phrase that jumped out to me was the uh, missing the forest for the trees. Mm. Um, yeah. In that the the Pharisees are so worried about the the minuteness that they miss the 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 greater glory that has occurred, and then in in investigating it, they're wanting to know the 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 detail. Well, how did he do it? And the man is like, "Hey, spit in some mud, put it in my eyes, and I see." Like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like that. There's this, the granularity there, and missing for the the greater story of. Of God's glory, which is to the to Jesus's answer when asked, um, "Who sinned? Like, did this did this man sin, or did did his parents sin?" Um, and so there is a like a, a fascinating play there of, of of Jesus then answering, "Like, that's all to the glory of God." Um, and certainly, as uh, for those who know a little bit about me and my journey and my family and and specifically our son Luke who is visually impaired um who is is a boy who has been blind from birth uh, this story hits uh very close to home yeah and uh, and so there there's always like this and I even feel like in reading it myself a a worry when it comes to how we think about um, disability and how we think about uh, God's healing in the world. Um, and, and so there's there's a lot there for me that uh, I have to unpack continually and that I've had people in our congregation help help me unpack. Um, but ultimately like I, I find a moment of hope in Jesus's answer. Because this the, this man who has been healed of his blindness, his trajectory is that of my son's, right? That he was born visually impaired. And to think that no matter what happens, if Christ's words are true, that glory is being made out of all of the difficult things of life. I, I have to hold on to the, that Luke's journey, my son's journey has that same sound has that same rhythm that i don't know what it is i don't know who's going to come across his path and be affected by him and then i kind of fast forward down the story of kind of some of the stuff you're talking about of so what is blindness like truly like because we throw it around it's in our songs it's in our you know, we were just having the conversation around uh, the 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 song "Amazing Grace," right? Mm-hmm. That has kind of blindness as a central factor of one of the verses. And so, how do we talk about blindness? I, I think that the question that the the Pharisees and what Christ gets at, posing to themselves, is like, "But are we blind?" Like that, it's not about physicality. Like the, the indictment for the Pharisees is not necessarily that they don't see. It's that they've, they've run up against something that, or they've been formed and shaped and don't want to buy into a way that there is a broader vision. Um, I, I will often um, use for myself phrases like uh, listening or seeing with my heart. Right, those things are not like my my heart does not have ears or eyes, um, but that vision is beyond kind of what happens in the uh, ocular sockets of our head. <laughs> right yeah, that yeah. that there is there is there is vision that is that sees in the dark, and that these Pharisees, and obviously I'm taking up John's idea of darkness and lightness. These Pharisees are in the dark. Um, and, and they are they, they they cannot see. They don't have that vision.
1: Yeah. Thanks for being that uh, transparent about your family's journey because I think it it gives a different lens yeah. uh, by which we look at this passage and and because of that, I think it very clearly reminds us that though through our senses we learn, and grow, and develop ways by which we navigate Mm -hmm. um, the world, those senses can often keep us from recognizing the intuitive side of our journey. Mm -hmm. The the spiritual realm that certainly includes all we can see, hear, touch, taste, and smell, Mm -hmm. but is much more than that. And The journey of the people of God from Genesis to Revelation is this call over and over again to move beyond those senses, not leave them behind, not forget them, Mm -hmm. but to recognize that there is more. There is something that those who have gone before us prophetically speak into our journey and say, pay attention. Mm -hmm. There is more than that. And that is where... The profound nature of grace begins to work yeah. and transform our thoughts, our heart, our emotions, our community, and that's what I think this passage does for us, and thank you for bringing it to light. <laughs>
0: thanks. Yeah. And thanks to my son, yeah. <laughs> who continually educates me and and uh, reminds me of the expansiveness of of god's creation
1: yeah thank you luke yeah thank you luke
0: (laughs) (laughs) hope you all have a good rest of your day